Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your favorite blockhead this is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and mma into one heck of an amazing podcast you can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com do me a huge favor and listen to brian's show you'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend now as i said let's get into today's topic so buttons guess who's with us here tonight Tori. do i have to guess i can see him on my screen then say who it is then <laughs> it's your favorite blockhead dun, dun, dun. that really fun <laughs> team music hey peaches and furs <laughs> reunited great. once again after a whole year and this is just how we roll people yes i mean by Hitting the firewall. I've watched too much Top Gun Maverick, so let's just go ahead and put it full throttle and let's mix it up in the podcasting world, shall we? Shall we? Well, <laughs> you know what I think? I think we should start a an advertisement here about one of Brian's favorite beverages. You people at home can't see, but I got a Barks oh, root beer. Oh, shots that fired. I'm going to drink. Oh, Barks may have bite. Here's the aged <laughs> vanilla. You you had this whole coup d'etat planned out before I jumped on. We're going to talk about who – you want to talk about a-holes, we'll talk about who's the whole butt. You're, you're going to do it, do it all. Both cheeks, the hair, the the flatulence, everything. I I give it to you, well done. Both cheeks. But them's fighting words right there, Mike. <laughs> Are we having another feud? <laughs> You're dang right, we have another feud. Mark versus A W. Fired. Dim the lights. Lock Brian the cage doors. It's once again time to go much. to war. I think he watches way too much MMA. I do. I think he watches way too much MMA. This, is, this guy. Hey, you know he what? This is what happens to you every swinging. Saturday. He's you know? swinging. Well, you know that's true. <laughs> it's gonna be a barn burner. You guys so, let right. me in to the Am I the Asshole so well. So well. Just saying. Well, so, she kind of jumped the gun. That's but what okay. I do, Toria. We're, we're good, right, Brian? <laughs> we're Absolutely. good, though. So let's just... Let's yeah. get our hands dirty. So oh, I think... I think Brian is kind of having a bad day now. We we fired some shots at him. So our Am I the Asshole today is, <laughs> am I the asshole for sending out bad day alerts to my family whenever my wife is having a bad day? So. Oh, no. Look out. This sounds oh. like it could really go the wrong way. <laughs> Just like, right from, don't you think right from the title? The door is wide open for four examples. So let, let's finish the narrative here. For example. <laughs> For instance, Alrighty. you have my attention. I am a <laughs> I am a father of three boys from ages 12 to 17 and a husband of one woman. I like that he had to specify that. Uh, my wife is an amazing woman with very few flaws, but one of these very few flaws is her anger. 
When she's not happy, she has a habit of kind of making everyone else's day worse. For example, if she has a bad day at work, I know it's likely I'll get fussed at for something she usually doesn't care about. For my boys, I know it's rough, as they really don't want to argue with their mother. On previous bad days, my wife has went off and overboard on her kids for small things, such as leaving the toilet seat up and leaving a paper plate out. To combat this, I made a group chat with all the boys that we call Bad Day Alert. (laughs) The way it works is that if one of us notices that my wife is not exactly having a good day and will make it our problem, we will simply text Bad Day into the chat so the others can prepare. (laughs) We also use it for just quick guy talk, but its main purpose is to warn in case of a bad day. When we get a Bad Day Alert, we do what we can to ensure that nobody gets in trouble. It also gives me time to prepare to cook or pick up dinner she really loves and take care of any chores that are typically hers. That way she's able to come home and just decompress from the bad day without lashing out at any of us. My wife, prior to recently, was not aware of this. She did, however, find out. (laughs) My sister-in-law recently moved in temporarily and my wife had a bad day. My oldest son notified the rest of us. Our youngest son thought it would be smart to notify his aunt. He was right to do so. I just hadn't thought about her. She questioned him about everything and he spilled the beans. My sister-in-law told my wife and now she's mad at me. She says it's wrong of me to do that because I'm essentially teaching our kids to treat her like an angry child. I protested saying that it was beneficial for all of us, but she refused to hear it. I really think I was doing a good thing for all by starting this. Am I the asshole? I don't know about that, but you're definitely banished to the Snoopy doghouse. I mean... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for sure on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you There's take no that, Mike, because I, mean, I, I kind of chew on my words wind a up? little bit here. Exactly. Well, where else are you going to wind up? I mean, you go. of course you're going to wind up in the doghouse after saying something like that about your wife. You're going <laughs> to, where do you expect to be, you know? I mean, it's just one of those, something you know, now, that if you're going to have. What it makes me think about is, uh, there was a time I think a comedian talked about this, but it's a little different, you know. Women give their male the opportunity to dig the hole deeper. Like instead of saying, hey, I found cigarettes in your truck, you're busted. <laughs> True. Instead, they go, hey, baby, are these yours? That right there is, gives you a chance to either go. And it seems like this guy is on the defensive a little bit. So, But I don't know. Uh, Mike, you, could, you can take this one a little bit. But I just I don't know if there's a black and white line on this. It seems like there's a lot of gray in this area. Yeah, there really is. There really is a lot of gray. Um, I at first, I, I at first thought that it was kind of a slam dunk, and I said so. Um, and I'm kind of changing my mind a little bit that maybe it's not such a slam dunk because you're not wrong. Both sides seem to have some culpability. So assigning, you know, who's the asshole as we're supposed to be doing is not an easy thing to do. But it kind of reminds me of. The other day I was browsing through Instagram and I came across your post. Um, and I like the post, you know, and you know, I, I think you have something to say about that situation, like more than what you put there. So why don't you, um, let us hear your thoughts? I think if I had to give a solid answer, I'd have to give it to the guy only because if you keep steering into it, then you are giving yourself a lot of room to become the a-hole. I guess that's the only way to put it is that. Here's what I meant, and I'm. So, but but if you keep going, well, this is beneficial. I mean, why why do you got to be this way? It's like if we combat it even more, then that opens up a whole other thing at this point. But I don't know. It depends on who's who's the patient one. Which one's the one coming out with calmness would be my answer. And it's hard to visualize. Anyway, very good scenario, 
to throw out there, Tori. It really was. What I will say is this. It's normally I don't put out something on Instagram and actually put a solid stamp on it and go, take this one to heart. Those that have listened to my right. show know that I am a huge mixed martial arts fan. But one thing I don't do is make you not think for yourself. What I do is I build up the narrative on why you should watch. And the last time that I talked on your show, you know, you came up, by the way, thanks again. Y'all came on my show for episode number 200. That means a whole lot. You guys have really poured love into my mm-hmm. show. And I can never be more grateful to you for that, how much you support me and support the show and vice versa. We, we, we give and take a lot. But, but the last time I yep. came on your show, I remember yep. saying to you guys, hear me on this show when I say Israel Adesanya is going to be the middleweight champion of the world. I was right, and I'm not, you know, I, it's not one of those know that I'm always right. I didn't realize how right I was because this guy has not only beaten everybody in the current top five rankings, guys, he has recycled them. He's beaten them more than once. So the question is, it's kind of yeah. like a, they're in a conundrum right now on what do we do? But on the same night that Israel beat Jared Cannonier in a snooze fest, imitating this whole Undertaker theme walkout that like very few people bought, except Vince McMahon, who probably, you know, was frothing at the mouth over that. What I can say is before that on the main card, performance of the night went to the guy named Alex Perea. You had Alex Perea versus Sean Strickland. Now let me kind of help you guys out. Sean Strickland came out at the press conference and just lit it up. I mean, he had trash talk of the night. He got Israel Adesanya so up in his feelings. He had other guys talking about him all through the MMA world. He goes out, he faces Alex Perea, and he he char- he does something stupid. He charges forward, and Alex Perea knocks him out. This is a very decorated kickboxer. So Sean Strickland's trail to the top, it's run ice cold now. But Alex Perea is the guy who, outside of the UFC, in glory kickboxing, has defeated Israel Adesanya. So now that he's beaten Sean Strickland, if you look at the top five, Israel's beat everybody else. There is no narrative left. And this is a guy who I believe has gotten into the head of Israel Adesanya and got performance of the night. If I'm booking a fight, what else are you going to do? You got to give Alex Perea to Israel Adesanya. And here's the deal. Even if Israel does beat him, you have the chance for the trilogy. The money is in the third fight, in the trilogy. You know this, Mike, that Connor and Nate Diaz could run it back anytime they want. Why? Because they're one for one. The third match would take five minutes to put together. But in Israel Adesanya's case, he's beaten everyone except this guy in another organization. And there's nobody in the top five that ha- that he hasn't faced already. So I am putting my stamp, I am solidifying my position that when these two face each other, whenever that is, Alex Perea will be the next middleweight champion of the world. And I am saying it on the nightly rant. And that is a lot of validity that I am putting on the line. And I'm doing it here. Okay. I, I, I Like I say, you're somebody who I trust. So... When you talk about this, I don't really know a lot about uh, the MMA world. I read what I read, like in you know ESPN news and you know whatnot, and I know 
Yeah. I know there's bias there for sure, like 100% for sure. So I like to hear your take on things because you come at it from like a grassroots, from the heart, you know, kind of place. And so for me, that's like 10,000 times more valuable than whatever ESPN could tell me because, you know, you, you know, the inside scoop basically, you know, right. Like, I mean, you, it's one thing to hear how it's all gone together. MMA, yeah. And I, MMA journalists like, uh, Ariel Hawani or Brett Okamoto, that's their job to get to the bottom of these things. But as a fan, I just right. sit here and go, what else are you going to do? You know, the story that the demand is there. Well, yeah, it makes the sense. supply and demand very much says this is your next guy. And that was what I was kind of mentioning today is you also liked another Instagram page today where I showed Nate Diaz on the MMA hour. Now, let me help you out with something. Right. I will tell you, I will tell you that this isn't my kryptonite, but it's my dirty little secret. It is one of my biggest guilty pleasures. You know that I'm into Charlie Brown. I'm into a lot of the fighters that, you know, show heart, that will shake hands in the, the night, that will show competitiveness and show camaraderie. Like I, I live for that kind of stuff. I love the battle between good and evil sometimes. Nate Diaz is just the one guy when he's talking, I'm going to listen. Even though he talks like he has a traumatic brain injury dating back five years. <laughs> the guy can be incoherent. He can be erratic. He can be smoking a CBD joint while he's up like doing his workouts for, for the crowd. And I'm paying attention. And he, he just came on the sh- it's tr- he just came on the show today with Ariel Hawani and just said that I'm not going to go face Conor McGregor. Because that's what they want. He's got one fight left on his contract. And he feels like they're holding him hostage because that's what they want. Why? Because that's where the money is. I told you, five minutes and Connor and Nate, the whole world would be talking. But, you know, he's actually mentioned that I would rather fight somebody that had more abilities than him. Like, he threw out names like Francis Nagano, the heavyweight champion, which is a crazy call out. As paper skin as he's got. He called out Hamsat Chemaev, a very dangerous welterweight. You know, and I'm, I'm going like, I know that you're not afraid to lose. You're not afraid to fight, but these are not good matchups for you. So, but, but anytime Nate Diaz is talking, I laugh so hard. I will throw this out just to have some fun. He brought up an old story about sitting down with Dana White at the UFC headquarters. And I, I, I saw this tweet, but I didn't understand it until he laid it out for me. And I sat here dying at the Blockhead Mansion because he talked about, he, he sat down with Dana White and said, okay, Let's talk business. And Dana White's like, okay, let's talk business. But somewhere in there, Dana White leaves the room. He had to have been gone for about 35 minutes somewhere. And Nate just says, hey, man, I got to go up and go to the bathroom. He literally has a picture of him on Twitter taking a whiz on the stairwell of the UFC organization. That's what he went and did during the break. And he did the same thing on Daryl Hawaii. Hey, man, I got to go to the bathroom. Bring this guy Chris in. He was a boxing guy on the team. Like, he literally showed podcast etiquette one-on-one. You don't get up and go to the bathroom. But he did because Nate Diaz is just anti-etiquette, anti-anything. He doesn't care about Conor McGregor. He doesn't care about the money. He does want to fight somebody, but he wants one last fight to be out and done and move on with his life. It's just an interesting guy. Can't blame him. You can't blame him at all. I mean, I would want to... I want to have a little tiny bit control of my destiny if it were me. It's how I feel. And I feel like, I feel like he's yeah, saying I mean, that they're trying to force him into a fight that he doesn't want. That's what I feel like I heard from you. So why make him fight that fight? That's pretty much it because, you know, this is a guy who won season five, the ultimate fighter a long time ago. 
This is a guy who did defeat Conor McGregor mm-hmm. uh, and at 196, which was the biggest box office up to that time. This is the guy who created the BMF title, didn't win it because of a doctor stoppage. Like, this is a guy that just hasn't won championships. He has won the crowd. He's won the Hispanic community. He has won those who have, anybody who's ever taken a joint in their life, you're going to get behind Nate Diaz. I, I mean, it's just that simple. But he has won so, he really is. I mean, I can't deny what type of a following he's got. Connor's got a following that led from Ireland that led into the Irish community and then bled over to everybody else. Nate had a very different route that he took. But those two were the perfect worlds to meet in in that cage. So I just I kind of had to mention that because you like the page, you like when I mention stuff. But when Nate Diaz speaks, it's almost like you know, you know I, I hate to bring up professional wrestling, but people stopped and listened when the Ultimate Warrior did promos, even though you didn't understand a word he said. Everybody paid attention to the charisma, the persona. That's how I feel <laughs> about Nate Diaz. I don't understand half of what you're saying. You're incoherent. But I can't not pay attention to it. So honest truth from my end. Well, yeah, and it's it seems like what he predicts he makes happen. It's just, you know, plain and simple. Yeah. But you know, it reminds me of it reminds me of someone else uh who's like on the scene right now who kind of does the same type of approach, and that would be, you know, our boy Jake Paul. So Jake Paul. What's the latest news with that guy? Oh, well, as far as I know, we have a solidified boxing match. So we'll switch from MMA to boxing just for a second. Because August 6th, Madison Square Garden, main event's going to be Hasim Rahman Jr., the son of Hasim Rahman, who used to be a big boxing name in the heavyweights for WEC, uh, not WEC, sorry, but WBA, or any, the, all the big boxing um organizations that were out for a while won a lot of fights so his son doesn't have the greatest record but if you remember he wasn't supposed to fight him he's supposed to fight tommy fury tyson fury's brother right sibling so right what's what's weird about it is here here's what i will say about jake paul and this is going to sound harsh but i'm going to go ahead and say it is if, if jake paul loses then, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. He's finally been matched up with somebody that makes sense. Because if I go back and look at what he's done, Nate Robinson, a former NBA player, has a co-main event for Mike Tyson. Okay, I can't really take you that seriously. Uh, Ben Askren, who was not a striker but a wrestler. And it makes me wonder if a dive was taken or not. But either way, Ben got paid very well. He got paid well in crypto, if I remember right. Two fights with Tyron Woodley. And once again, Tyron Woodley was on the on the the back end, the peak of his UFC career. And he can't, that's the thing. If you're fighting an MMA fighter, you can't use all the tools you got. You can't throw a leg kick. You can't shoot for a takedown. You can't practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You can't do any of that. All you have is this. You have your left and your rights that you throw. And I, I look at that and I go, okay, you've got some wins. But if he loses against either Tommy Fury or in this case, Asim Rahman Jr., even though their records are not great, I stand by what I'm going to say. If Jake Paul wins, boxing has lost every bit of credibility that it ever had. And I, I don't want to be that way, because, but it's boxing fans I've talked to, they felt like it's been a circus sideshow for too long. But this guy, a YouTuber who comes in and gets a 5-0 and zero against four people who are not trained boxers, you're about to face Tommy Fury. That's bad enough. 
Asim Rahman Jr., a, 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 his dad being a cornerman for him. You want to talk about a dangerous fight, even though their records aren't great, because Floyd Mayweather did that too. He wouldn't go up against somebody who was 12-0. and 0. He'd go against a lot of people who had pretty sorry records except for Pacquiao. You know, that's right. kind of how I feel about Pacquiao. And, you know, right. crime will stop himself. in the Philippines. Right. Crime will stop in the Philippines because Pacquiao's fighting. What stops everything in the Blockhead Mansion? Nate Diaz is talking. I guess it's another example that I've got. But if he wins, <laughs> if Jake Paul wins this fight at Madison Square Garden, at one of the most holy grails of combat sports, where we have the fight of the century, Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier, if he wins that fight, boxing has no more credibility. It's lost every shred of it. Well, I don't know if I agree with you or disagree with you. You kind of shocked me with that one. So I have to have time to process what my Tell us how you really brain feel, has to say about it. Well, again, <laughs> I like it. No, well, you it, dropped that okay, one on ma- me. I love it. I love it. I don't, it. I love I don't it. think that's it's, – it's, it's one of those – for those other boxers that have put their life into it, blood, sweat, and tears, and have done it the right way and have never gotten the moment like they would for – never had the opportunities that Jake Paul gets to have just to kind of walk in because marketing got him there, you know, and it, it just hurts. I'm like, man, there's so many deserving guys that could be selling out Madison square garden, but the, the marketing world follows Jake Paul into the squared circle and it drives me and other uh, boxing fans nuts. So you're telling me that you're with me and you want to see him get punched real hard in the face. But what if you have no idea? See, this is, this is the, this is my question. What's stopping, you know, I'm just going to play devil's advocate and please don't, please don't assume what my viewpoint on this is. Cause I haven't been assuming and, and this will not be telling you either. Um, what's stopping the other boxers from doing the same kind of marketing? That's actually a good question. And I, I think that's the same thing in MMA. Why are these other guys that could be solidifying their own hype train? Why are they not doing it? And it just, it's one of those, it's a hard fact to swallow that respect doesn't sell tickets. As even though the boxing ring and the MMA cage are the great equalizers on any given night, somebody from, from hardwood floors who have worked their whole life, that's more with something I could get behind. I can get behind a Rocky Balboa getting a chance against the heavyweight champion of the world. I have a hard time with a YouTuber going against a one in four trained ranked boxer and thinking it's valid. I really have a hard time with that, but I don't have a problem with, you know, Canelo and triple G going back and figuring out again, even though a lot of that is the scorecards, you know, it's, it's just blood cells, blood cells in the boxing ring and cells in the MMA ring. And the scorecard problems happen in my sport too. Uh, and it's like, Tay Atlas has said many times, (laughs) it's, it's, it's one of those, if you look at the scorecards for MMA, I mean, the, the other, we watched a fight the other day, me and the little redheaded girl, and we both went, what just happened? Because I'm like, if you watch the body damage, then Armand Sarukian should have won that fight. But, you know, round three and four, you had a lot more takedowns from Gamerot. And I'm going, yeah, but what about the escapes? If you're going to do wrestling, an escape is 1.2. I'm like sitting there going, are, are we just going to play – uh, you know, I, I guess I understood him winning, but not winning by unanimous decision. And it's just a shame that things like that happen to boxing uh, uh, fighters all the time, where it, it's food literally taken off their table. Who should have won the fight? You know, so it's it's just one of those with when it comes to Jake Paul and it comes to uh, Hashim Rahman, 
again, think about where it is. It's Madison Square Garden. And this is your main event. And very few people even know what's happening until it happens. And I just look at all these other fighters who deserve better. But respect doesn't yeah, sell I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it's, it's, um, the world's kind of changed in that respect on things. You know, I, I've heard people talk about like, oh, you know, you got, you got mocked online. Oh, you poor baby. Woo hoo hoo. Well, you know what? Nobody said that they mentioned it because they were going to whine and cry about it. They mentioned it because they're sick and tired of people acting like animals towards the other people yeah, when they true. think they disagree. And the, perf- and the perfect example that I've seen or going around lately in memes is the, um, oh, do you like oranges or apples better? Oh, I like apples better. So you hate, you're saying you hate oranges. You know, and what about grapefruit? You hate those too. You didn't mention grapefruit. What about grapefruit? You know, and they, so that's what people do today, right? They take what you say and then they just everything else. They just decide that's what you believe. They take the opposite and they throw it at you. Well, that's not really true. I might like, I might like apples 99.9% and I might like oranges 99.8%. It's so close. It doesn't mean I hate oranges i just like them a teeny tiny bit less so i was honest and told which one i liked but people can't handle that but that brings us back to you can't handle the truth how do you like them and you said and you said you could you thought it's kind of a gray area right um do you still think that it's a gray area or do you want to change your mind on that i'm gonna give you one last chance before i say what i I think i'm still I think the jury's still kind of out on that one for YFB, but um, I'm more than happy to hear where you guys stand. I agree. I, I am happy to hear you say that because I think if you're not sold, you're not you know you're not sold on a certain standpoint. You're not sold on a certain standpoint. You wait until you are right until you make up your mind. I think that's the best approach you could ever have. For me, I could just go based off of. I think the guy is the asshole here. Because I think that he knew how she was going to feel finding out, hearing what he said about her. And remember what I said when I, when she was reading the, just the, the title, I was like, Oh my God, this could go really wrong. And it went really wrong. Um, he, it's like, you know, it's like when guys get trapped by the, you know, do I look fat in these jeans? And then they go on and walk, they want to cry to their friends about it later about how they got their head chewed off. Yeah, man, don't answer that question. That's a simple one, right? Like, just don't answer the question. Uh, but anyway. Do I get to have an opinion? Toria. Toria, what do you think? That's what I was just going to say. What do you think? So I think if there is an asshole, it's actually the wife. This is the first time we've disagreed. It's rad. And the reason I this think that nice. it's the wife is because of two sentences in this Am I the Asshole? And I, I'm aware I get the advantage awesome. of being able to read it over and over again. Anyway, it's the, it's it also right. gives me time to prepare to cook or pick up dinner she really loves and take care of any chores that are typically hers. That way she's able to come home and decompress from the bad day. He's doing it. Not only to protect his children from her being crazy, but also so that she can decompress. I feel like he's doing something nice for both his children and his wife. But I really, I really don't think there is an asshole in this situation. Is my honest opinion. I think I'm going with with no right, way that's home. A, that's that's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. 
Um, it's kind of why I feel like I have to step out of the fog and clear my head because I, I see what you're getting at, Mike, but I also see that because, you know, maybe he does know what her, uh, love language is. Maybe her love language is, uh, acts of service. Maybe he does know that. Or beginning again, once again, he does steer into it a little more. Once she finds out, he gets a little defensive. So this is just a, this is a, this is a good one. I mean, we'll leave it up to the the rant, um, the audience, the audience to be able to maybe come back and give y'all some comments. Let's see what y'all think. This, this one was a stumper. I'll tell you that. That was a stumper. I found a good one. So yes, yes. So did you not <laughs> say? Did you not say you had a second one, my do you, dear? Do you want the second one? I have two. Yeah. All right. Give it to us. This one's a little bit we longer, the but time. shouldn't be quite as <clears throat> shouldn't be quite as divisive. Let's anyway. aim for Mach Ten here, Toria. am i the asshole for refusing to give up my seat on an airplane are you ready anyway i give it i female 15 was flying for the first time to florida due to some childhood trauma i get bad anxiety when being yelled at for something i couldn't control i arrived at the airport and being a minor flying for the first time my mom was able to walk me all the way to the gate. She told them I was a minor and this was my first time flying so that it would help lessen the anxiety I had having to be on the plane by myself. You can tell this person is 15 by the way that they write. Anyway, when it was finally my turn to board the plane, the, the flight attendant, to ease the anxiety as I was shaking a little, introduced me to the pilots and I was able to see a little of the cockpit. The flight attendant took me to my seat. I made sure to book and pay for a window seat so I can look up the window and also not have to keep getting up whenever anyone had to use the bathroom. There was some random girl in my seat, and the flight attendant kindly told her she was in my seat and that she had to sit in the seat that was on her ticket. She was not happy, and who I assume is her boyfriend said I could just sit in the aisle. The flight attendant knew why I wanted a window seat and about the anxiety, as my mom told them before I boarded the flight, so the flight attendant told the woman she had to move. I was able to sit in my seat, but once the flight attendant left, they both started cursing and commenting how I ruined their flight. My anxiety was getting really bad, and I felt like I couldn't breathe, and I wanted to get off the plane. I stood up and walked towards the front as it was a small plane. The flight attendant asked me what was wrong, as I was crying now. I was nervous and scared and didn't say anything. The only thing I said was, I want to get off the plane. Plane. Another flight attendant went over to my original seat to see what happened, and of course the couple said nothing. But the man behind me who heard them spoke up and told them what happened. Some man at the front of the plane told me to switch seats, since we both had a window seat, and he sat in my seat so that the couple couldn't have the window seat. The rest of the flight went okay, besides that I was extremely scared of takeoff and landing. When I told my family, some of some of them said I should have just sat in the aisle instead of making a big deal, or once I sat down, I shouldn't have gotten up and just ignored their comments. It's not like they got kicked off the flight or anything, but I do feel like I'm the asshole, and that I could have tried to handle it differently. So who's the asshole? Okay, I'm sorry. This one, I'm going to go ahead and draw a plain line. Clearly, the girl that bought the ticket, that had made all the preparations, that had checked with the airline, and they accommodated her, she's not the problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially if it's one of those, if that's if that's how they're going to retaliate towards her. Because the thing is, I've been on a whole lot of flights. When I was in the Navy, I had people that would ask me to move my seat, but that's because they had a family and they all wanted to sit together. Me being a single guy heading home, they paid for me a ticket further up, either in first class or somewhere closer to the front and coach. 
I never had a problem with that, especially when they would just give me a plain explanation. What What do you mean you ruined our whole our whole experience? It's point A to point B. If you're going to get off the plane, isn't that your destination? Why is the plane ride? I mean, sure, it's a perk, but is that really the big deal of the whole trip? You made this trip just so you can ride the plane? The girl is in no wrong that I'm seeing. Maybe y'all could clear it up for me. Maybe show me another line I'm missing. But bless her heart. But again, she covered all of her grounds. And also, once again, let's consider the economic factor here. She paid for the ticket. You know, this isn't one of those, we purchased yours, and she didn't want to give up her seat. That's what I first heard when I heard the title. She, maybe somebody had bought her one to give her a better spot, and she goes, no, I don't want to do that. And then all of a sudden, we have a bickering. Now we got a discussion. I don't see the discussion in this one. I, I'm completely on the girls. And I love the fact that the guy in the back stood up for her and said, hey, I'll be a solution to the problem. I, there, there's still plenty of good in the world that you can pay it forward. That's where 5B stands. There's only one problem with your where you stand, and that is that I can't argue with any of I it. I agree. And I have to disagree with <laughs> it. <laughs> you said it right, perfectly. Right okay. <laughs> Let, let's peel the onion back a little bit and let's, let's find out. But okay. All right, that, then. That girl who decided to yeah, sit there 100%. with her boyfriend and swear at this kid who wanted to sit in the freaking seat she paid for, she's the asshole. Like, the biggest one I've ever heard of on yeah. an airplane. Yes. Yep. Very much. Why so. you harass a fifteen-year-old girl that's clearly having some some problems? <laughs> yeah, not cool. Not cool at all. Mm-mm. Not even a little bit. No, cool. absolutely. I'm I'm with you 100, percent Toria. Also, everybody said just like you did in the comments below this that the man who was sitting behind her, who told the flight attendants what really happened, is a hero. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely. Is champion now, level. I, I'll, I'll drink a Barg's root beer with that guy, and that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, you know, you know what, Brian? You are a good, you are a very good sport um, because, you know, you. Toria, she had this, she had this thing planned for a while, as I'm sure you know. Um, and <laughs> she wanted it to be a hundred percent secret. So, okay. It was a hundred percent secret. Um, and if it were me, I would be so mad, but you're just, you're just taking it in stride the way she meant it, which is great because I know her and she would never do anything for to, to upset anybody on purpose. You know, she's just, I mean, if we need to steer into the gimmick, I mean, we can have another try and she's war. funny. I mean, you know, you don't you don't battle Asia on you don't you don't battle Asia in a land war and you don't go against the Sicilian when death is on the line and you don't play with YFB's A and W Ribbeer so if you if you want to go that route then you know we'll we'll uh you can don't be Russia I can barks? be Ukraine I guess <laughs> there you have it don't you I mean, mean barks? that's the thing about it Russia the all truth barks is- barks. Yeah, it, it, there you go. And, and, and truthfully, Barks is a good root beer. Don't get me wrong. We had a few that we tried that were homemade when we were in Colorado. I wish I'd gotten a picture of what the names of those were, but it's just one of those. You know, you, you got to stay true to your gimmick. You know, you got to stay true to the hard stuff and W all the way. But as an alternative, like I said, I will drink a Barks with that gentleman on that plane any day. If you if you yeah. ever see it in a store, there's a brand called Bundaberg. And it's Australian, and we tried it when we were in Australia, and now I've seen it in a couple places here. They they have it at Cracker Barrel. Um, it's nice. fantastic, and you should try it. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely try it. I'm sold. it it's popping up in mainstream places like Walmart and Target and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it was really, it was like Pretty real, um, nice, real t- smooth tasting root beer. Yep. Um, and they're, they're, they're interesting in Australia because they are very, um, set in their flavor ways. Very all the flavors of all the things. They're almost like Japan and Fanta. There was a chocolate aisle, Brian. There was a chocolate aisle. It was bigger than our house. In like a, it was kind of like just a regular old grocery store. And there's this chocolate aisle and it was so huge. And it had mint, orange, raspberry, strawberry, you know, double chocolate, double, double chocolate. Uh, It was crazy how many flavors they had. Australian orange. Gummy bear It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, gummy bears. It was the strangest thing, but they love that stuff and more power to them. You know, I, I say it's not for me, but it's not for me, but it might be for you. So how about it? Hey, it's kind of cool. I mean, um, try something new one time in your life at least. But I'll tell you this, man, it's, it's kind of a shame if you were down there in Australia and you didn't get a chance to run across one of my favorite fighters. I mean, if you saw a crowd moving with a guy who's who's nice looking and kind of quiet, got a nice smile, you might have run into Robert Whitaker. He happens to be one of my favorite fighters, and he's out in Australia. So the shame he didn't come across him. So oh yeah, that would have been so cool. You're like, do you know this guy? Like, yes, I know. I love Robert Whitaker. <laughs> but oh, well. we did he, come he's across a, a very he's a big cute name mob of kangaroos. That's here. He said, <laughs> "Nice." <laughs> In my box, it's true. They were cute. And and you know, like she said, we were warned, you better be careful, you know, they wanna they might want to box. <laughs> Have you ever watched the YouTube video know. of the guy that did box the kangaroo? Did you ever see that? Yeah. Like the guy yeah. the kangaroo that had the dog here. I'm like, Yeah, you know what? If my dog Oliver or Ellie Mae were in the clutches of a kangaroo, I don't know. I might throw down with him. But dude, that, that guy had a heck of a right hook. I think I think he would drop Israel out of Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you never know. Interesting world out there in Australia, <laughs> right? It, it it was a it was a rad experience. Like we really we really enjoyed ourselves. Um, and I mean, for for Toria and I, it was kind of like one of the life dreams that you have that you just check off, you know. Um, and of course, you know, watching my daughter, you know, walking her down the aisle and seeing her get dressed and everything, it was really. It was super nice because she let us stay at her um, Airbnb. So we stayed there with her. And so we got to see the whole experience of her getting ready. And I mean, that was really special for me as the dad, um, which I yeah, thought was sweet of her since I spent, what, 17 hours to get there or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It was a good time. We had, we had a really good time. Um, and we got, when we came back, um, that was when we decided we were going to move right away. Here we are. Well, last time we talked to you was almost a year ago, or has it been a year already? Yeah, you, you came on as a special guest on episode 200. So uh, I'll put it out here now. We, we've we're still got a ways to go until we get to episode 300, but I'll put it out here to the nightly rant. Um, if you want to throw your name in the pot, Episode 300 for your favorite blockhead is going to be very unique. Do you remember watching David Letterman when he would do the top 10? Right. Yeah. There there was one that he would do where he would go top thing, 10 things I've always wanted to say to David Letterman. And, you know, the celebrities would come out. Puff Daddy would come out or 
Michael J. Fox would come out or Leonardo DiCaprio would come out or Jerry Seinfeld would escort his mother out. Of course, she told him number one was was his mom. And she said, you're adopted. But I don't think that's going to happen on this show. And I guarantee you one of the slots is going to the little redhead girl who never speaks on my podcast. But we're going to do a very special episode 300 top 10 things I've always wanted to say to YFB. So if you want to throw your name in the pot, it depends on who shows up. I'll have to, you know, do the raffle, do the top 10 and whoever makes it will make, will make the, uh, will make the cut. So throw your name in early. I'll just throw it out there now. That should My be in. what you can anticipate for down. There you go. And down the road for episode 300. <laughs> Tori is like, I'm in. I know exactly <laughs> what I want to say. <laughs> Well, wow. like I tell you, you know, I think I only did. I think I'm at two forty something right now. So we got we got a few down the road to get to. So bear with me. You're at two, I guess you're sometime at next year will be. Yeah, two forty three, awesome, something though. like that, I believe. Well, every Saturday, you know, and I've always got yeah. something to talk about because yeah. one, I love peanuts and it's always fight week. So, you know, I tell people I don't recommend my schedule as a podcaster to anyone unless you want to follow my sport, then you kind of have to. So I got to stay on top of everything that's going on. But, you know, it, do what works. You know, I, I know you guys have a schedule figured out, but I've been telling a lot of podcasters, be consistent, be authentic, but don't let make your listeners guess on when you're going to have an episode. If you say every Saturday, then you mean every Saturday. If you're every Thursday evening, that's when the listeners are expecting you. And, you know, you don't want to confuse them. There's no confusion on my end. That's just kind of how that's worked. But yeah, we're getting closer. 300 comes around and we'll see if uh, Toria and Mike are, are in that top 10 slot. Should be a fun time. Oh, Toria kind of wanted the slot to herself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you want the slot to yourself? I'm laughing a little too hard now. She's it. laughing a little too demonic. <laughs> I'm wondering. She's rubbing her hands together, people. This, this can't be good. Oh, uh-huh. my man. Um, well, you know what, if I don't get, if we don't get selected for your, for your top 10, then, uh, you'll just have to come on our show again around the same time so that I can say what I want to say. Just a little something for all of our listeners to look forward to. See, there you go. It'll all work out. I'm a good sport. Wow. I thought you turned a negative into a positive. That was great. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Sunny side is up. There you have it. This is what happens when you move out of California. (laughs) You start to become a lot more positive. <laughs> wow. Do you see how she connects those dots? That's great. Oh, well, my stomach just let out the most alarming growl that I'm pretty sure that the microphone picked it up. <laughs> so uh I think on on that fun note, then we might uh bid each other adieu and say goodnight everyone. Brian, yes, any Brian. final words? And then what comes what comes after that? Hasta la bye-bye, kaboom, however he wants to wrap this bad boy up. (laughs) We'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.